Hey everybody and welcome back to Wish Upon a Star, your unofficial Disney song by song podcast. My name is Frodo the Lawyer. My name is Amanda the Person, name and title also. And this is now episode 23 of Wish Upon a Star and we are talking about Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song. accompanying dance too i realize this is an audio medium and so like medium success but it's important that Mm -hmm. everyone knows that there was a sort of a like salt 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 (laughs) dance going on well you might be dancing and rejoicing now and let's sing a gay little spring song is a happy and gay song but right before this song it wasn't exactly the happiest time for the young prince bambi nope nope i refuse to think about it or talk about it this song is ma- this movie is made up of happy moments only and no one's mother is killed by a hunter i mean that would be nice to believe but i think that the the people want to hear the truth that's why they come to our podcast no it's not no. for the lols not for your theories as great as they are it's for the truth uh. the hard truth of life that's why they spend their life listening to us. It's because they want... Oh, no. Because they, they want to stay away from all the fake news out there and we only hear the real stuff. Uh, for, for what it's worth, I have my hands over... I put my hands over my ears to, like, protect it from the news of all the sadness and death, forgetting that my, my headphones were <laughs> in my ears. Yeah. <laughs> so, in fact, I just sort of pushed the news in louder. <laughs> and so the real truth of the matter is that... Bambi's mother dies in this movie. No, 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 no. It's fine. Um, um, Amanda's <laughs> theory corner. She doesn't die. There might be some evidence that supports your theory. Let's see. Okay. You you have right now. It's not a theory though, isn't it? Just a hypothesis. That's true. Okay. Amanda's theory hypo. Amanda's hypothesis corner. Amanda's hypothesis hypotenuse. <laughs> it can't be a corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, the corner is taken. The corner is where I keep all the theories. Yeah, exactly. I have to put the hypotheses somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your hypothesis is that Bambi's mom doesn't die. Let's go over the facts. So we okay. last heard Little April Shower. After that song, Bambi and his mother are like, oh, it's spring. Let's go do some fun stuff. And they check out the meadow. The meadow seems like yeah. a pretty chill place. Bambi meets Faleen, who's this hot babe. Feline? 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 I always want to say Feline, but I think it's Feline. Yeah, I think it's Feline. I think you're right about that. Uh, it hurts to say. I want it to be Feline yeah. so bad. Yeah, the second syllable stressed words, you know. It's, yeah. And I'm Feline. I guess, I guess it's Mulan. It's not Mulan, so that's, that's another one. Yeah, but one. it's Mushu. That's true. I don't know. I don't... Not Mushu. <laughs> Mushu. Bless you. Mushu. Uh... <laughs> That joke will come in, come in handy in a few years. <laughs> we'll bring it back. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. So they're hanging out in the meadow. There's a cool part where the rest of the herd goes by as we hear some cool, brassy music. And Bambi's like, what's going on? This is awesome, everyone. Yeah. So the great prince, who you know might be Bambi's father, we don't know yet, he shows mm-hmm. up. And he's really cool. But then all of a sudden he's like, hey, everyone, man is coming. 
run for your lives, and they got to do that. This is the correct thing to do. This is good safety training for everyone listening to this podcast, watching this movie. The men are coming. Leave. <laughs> all men? It's just better. All men. Not all men. No, yes, yes, all men. Yes, all men, okay. Yes, all men. That's the moral of Bambi. Yes, all men. <laughs> well, in this case, all men have guns that can shoot things. And this continues to be accurate. Yes, it continues <laughs> continues to be accurate. And they're shooting at the deer, the deer are running. And so me having this being the first time I've actually seen this movie mm-hmm. all the way through, I knew Bambi's mom died because that's the, that's the thing everyone knows about this movie. Well, and if they didn't, they do now. <laughs> Sorry, sorry again, but you, we said that in the last episode, we said it in all the Bambi episodes, you know. We have mentioned it literally like every 10 minutes since we started doing Bambi. It's the only thing that anyone cares about about this movie. (laughs) So, once the shooting starts happening, I was like, oh, this, this must be it, this is where Bambi's mom dies, and I was kind of like on edge, I was like, oh, is it gonna happen now? Well, it's pretty early in the movie, too, this is like, what, like 20 minutes in? Yeah, I think it's almost 30 minutes, but yeah, it's pretty early, and Bambi escapes, and I was like, oh. I guess I guess this isn't the time that uh, <laughs> Bambi's mom dies. And then from that point on, the whole time I was just thinking, like, when are the men going to come back and kill Bambi's mom? <laughs> like, I was, like, after this, there's a scene where it's winter and there, and Bambi is, like, uh, skating on the pond with Thumper. And I was like, oh, the men are going to shoot them right now. It's going to happen right now. <laughs> the men are going to burst out of the ice just gonna... and, like, pull Bambi's mom underneath and then shoot her. <laughs> I don't know. I thought they could, maybe they would like jump out, like take the hibernating flower and like skin him for his uh, his pelt. Oh, no. I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, no, no flower forever. Flower, flower does survive the movie. Uh, he has offspring. We'll, we'll we'll talk about him. Uh, we'll get there. But yeah, so Bambi's mom survives the spring. It's then winter. The deer are like eating bark off of trees, which we we should have asked Sam about. We that. should yeah. have. I know a little bit about that from reading My Side of the Mountain. And that checks out based okay. on my knowledge from that book. That's that's fair. Ba- yep. deer, deer eat trees. They eat the bark. And finally winter is over. Bambi and his mom go back to the meadow. There's some nice grass there. And that's when it happens. That's that's when, when it all happens. Oh, she made it a whole winter. She almost made it a whole movie, but she didn't. But did she? <laughs> did she? Well, Did so, she? Well, what happens is... Bambi's mom perks up when she hears, I don't know if she could actually hear the men or she just heard their musical theme because their musical theme came back. <laughs> and uh, that was probably it. And so she perks up. She kind of looks around. It looks pretty realistic, like how real deer would react. And she's like, Bambi, run as fast as you can and don't look back. Don't look back, Bambi. And Bambi's like, ah, and he's running. <laughs> and then there's a shot. And, you know, Bambi makes it out, and he's all like, phew, so glad we made it out of that that one, Mama. And then he realizes his mom isn't there, and he wanders around for a while. We have some voices, uh, human voices making wind sounds and singing, uh, which is a, a trick they used in Little, Little April Shower as well. Mm-hmm. Just kind of giving us this wintry... Atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. And finally, the great prince of the forest, the... Patriarch of the Deers comes yes. out and sort of spooks Bambi and says, your mother can't be with you anymore. And then, very interestingly, there's a 17-second pause. I know this because by this point I had kind of already stopped <laughs> looking at my computer, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, did, did my uh, did my stream pause? And then I, I looked back and I was like, no, it's just... 
there was a silence, and I rewatched it, and it is really emotional. It's Bambi's kind of looking at, up at his father. He looks down. He has a tear form. So 17 seconds of silence, and then oh, Bambi's father so says, come, my son. And that's the time when we're conf- when it's confirmed that this is Bambi's father, and okay. that's it. But. So, oh. But. All right. Hypothesis theory time. Okay. Play the music. Amanda's I'm a I'm a real girl. I'm a real boy. Okay, so this is not the strongest theory I've ever put out, <laughs> but it's one of the more desperate. All right, go ahead. We Bambi's mother, quote unquote, dies off stage. Right. And at no point does anyone say, "Bambi, your mother is dead." Right. It's just that she can't be with him anymore, and we heard right. a shot, but you know. You know, it could have could have been a blank. Who knows? Right. Well, I mean, you could have heard a shot, and it could have missed the mom. That the fact that we right. heard a shot right. implies certain things. But until I see a bullet in a deer, mm-hmm. and to be fair, all the women adult deer look exactly the same in this movie. Like, there's a scene where we see like Feline's mom and Bambi's mom, and I'm like, that's the same deer, Bambi. Who do you know whose legs <laughs> to hide behind? That's just the same deer twice. <laughs> Okay, so if she doesn't die, then where does she go? Why isn't she with Bambi? Why can't she be with him anymore? Okay, I think that Bambi needed to have, like, a Buildings Roman. Bambi was being, was too happy with his mom. He was too content to be, like, a young small deer living in the forest with his mom forever. And he had to eventually take over as, like, the great prince of the forest. Right. So she was like, you can never, I've, I've taught you all that I can. I, I must move on. Sort of like an Obi-Wan moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Only instead of, you know, dying, she just, like, was like, okay, I love you, but peace. It's better for me to be, <laughs> for you to be without me. I'm going to go just, like, chill with the other mother deer who, like, have birthed deer and left. Do you think that that's what she does? Or do you think that she's, like, a wandering, uh, sort of, like, like she's the one who gives birth to all the princes. So she, now, next she'll go to, like, uh... You know, like Spain and like hook up with their top deer and make <laughs> make their new prince. Hmm, that's not a bad theory because it's interesting that like D- Bambi's mom and the great prince are never indicated like to be a couple of any sort. Right, they don't have a love song. Right, and like sure they're animals, but like Mufasa and um, uh, what's what's Simba's mom's name? Uh, Sarari. It's Sarabi. I, Sarabi. I remember Scar shouts it. Is it Sabari? Sarabi. 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 I'm going to look it up. Yeah. So Simba's. Hey, Siri. Maybe it's Siri. What is Simba's mom's name? Checking. I found something on the web about maybe Siri. What is Simba's mom's name? <laughs> Check it out. This is not. So it, it's it's not the most interesting, I, I but it's Sarabi. It. It's Sarabi, yeah. It's Sarabi. Okay, so, but, like, but Sarabi and Mufasa are, like, clearly, like, together, raising, you know, and mm-hmm. before sunrise, he's your son. Yeah. Sort of situations. And so maybe she is just, like, a manic pixie, pixie dream deer that just, like, wanders through and gives great princes what they need in terms of a son, and then is, like, peace, and then goes off to be, like, the enchantress in Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast or something. So that's... <laughs> 
Sure, but that's fair. But like, what's the purpose of that? So I, I get that you know she maybe she has to give birth to more deer, or she can't serve Bambi anymore. But why put Bambi through this this traumatic episode that's clearly going to give him PTSD? Uh, I mean, what's the point of all that? Because she got fridged. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fridged is, like, a thing that comes out of comic books, which is where you, like, murder or, like, senselessly do harm to a female character in order to motivate a male character to, like, continue on his story arc. Now, I don't think she got fridged in the traditional sense, because that would mean that I thought she's dead. And I don't, as I am apparently <laughs> claiming now. <laughs> as this, this is the hill I have chosen to definitely not die on. Um, but she... Like it's it's very it's a pretty common trope for like a um for like a leading man character, particularly a male character, to like have a tragic backstory to propel them forwards. It's a Batman scenario. Why is but it maybe... called Why is it called fridged? Is there? A... Oh, it's because here. Let me pull up the exact reason. It's like based on a comic book story. Because I was gonna say, from a sort of scientific, uh, maybe natural selection perspective, maybe. In order for the herd to survive, the leader of the herd has to be like hypersensitive to the men, and like whenever they hear anything about men, they have to be like, "Everyone, run the f- away immediately!" And the only way for that fear to be that ingrained is for your mother to have been killed. That's by pretty sciency. Yeah, I am a professor after all. Yeah, so basically, it's so it, it comes from a, a Green Lantern storyline. Okay. In which the villain um, leaves the corpse of Kyle Rayner's girlfriend stuffed into a fridge for him to find. Um, that's like seven. <laughs> that's pretty gruesome. Oh yeah, it's a lot. But then um, the term came up, um, was popularized by comic writer, comic book writer Gail Simone um, through her website Women in Refrigerators, where she compiles a list of instances that female comic, comic book characters were killed off as plot devices. I guess that happens a lot then. It happens a whole bunch. It's like if they get killed off, abused, like assaulted, incapacitated to power, brainwashed, whatever. It's lazy writing in a lot in stories. Um, this is a slightly different scenario because of them being deer and stuff. Yeah. But but still, maybe Bambi's mother was like, okay, I know the best way to move his storyline forward because I'm written by male writers and then not that creative is to like be fridged. But I don't want to die, so oh, I'm just gonna leave okay. before I can get fridged. So you think that maybe she saw it coming, and she just, like, maybe she uh, had, like, a getaway car, you know, set up right right at the edge of the, the meadow, and so she just bolted in that. And, and Yeah, she sure locked it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of sort of literary and television-based mm-hmm. evidence of this happening to support my theory. And I stand by it. Did it sort of just come to me out of desperation? Yes, it did, but I like it. <laughs> I think it's a pretty good theory. I'm I'm glad that we finally got a theory. I don't think we've had one yet in Bambi, but this is a this no. Is a good Bambi's one. been pretty spear has been pretty theory sparse, yeah. sparse, sparse. So, yeah, sparse. So, I guess final word on your theory before we move on. Where is Bambi's mom right now? Vegas. <laughs> She's in Vegas. <laughs> She's in Vegas. Who's who's she with? Like who, who who's her crew? Who's her hangover? Uh, mm, okay, okay. Friends that anyone has had. had okay she's hanging out with all of the kids who got turned into fox like half foxes or half donkeys in pinocchio (laughs) they're like a cool gang now they're super into it they like perform shows but like they're in control of their own narrative Mm -hmm. um all of the people who were treated really badly in the greatest showman (laughs) um and zach efron and right of course zach is there yes (laughs) Zach has to be there. Zach, Zach is everywhere. Maybe Zach Efron is the one who sends 
mother, Bambi's mother, to uh, her next place where she will give birth again. Maybe every Disney mother is just Bambi's mother, and she, you know, she just she she tra- she changes forms and stuff, you know. Interesting. So, I mean, most of the mothers, a lot of the mothers in Disney do die. Yeah. So, like, this is, I guess the first instance of the mother that dies in Disney. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, Which is I a mean, pretty I mean, we, pretty we, famous Disney trope. I mean, we can kind of assume that Snow White's mother is dead. Sure, kind of sure. Um, yeah, that's fair. So, She's the first one to die as part of the story, really. Right. So our next few movies are the package films, but then right after that we have Cinderella as our first one mm-hmm. back. That's a whole big mother death thing right. and a father death thing. So maybe what happened was after this movie, Bambi's mother went to Vegas or wherever she was hanging out in the 40s, and then Zac mm-hmm. Efron sent her to cinderella land to give birth to cinderella and then she left again and you know i like the idea of zach efron controlling it but the one thing about this is that then you have put just another white man in charge of these people that's true (laughs) so maybe like vanessa hudgens helps him okay that that's fair she can maybe she's like really in charge of this part of like he's in charge of the water people and he's and she's in charge of the land people and this is all Mm. land-based stuff that's so, true. like, when Ariel's mother is dead in The Little Mermaid, that'll be on Zephron. Right. Uh, understood. Okay. Yeah. Undersea. <laughs> okay, enough of this theory. Let's move on uh, to the song that is our discussion topic for today, and that is Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song. You may think, wow. It's a pretty a, good pun, a, though, right? It was a good pun. Um <laughs> You may be thinking, what is that's kind of a weird, abrupt transition you guys are making from talking about Bambi's <laughs> mom to this song. Well, that's exactly what the movie does. The movie literally transitions <laughs> yeah. from the scene we just talked about where he says, come my son, and then immediately it's... Let's sing a gay little spring song, spring song, gay little, let's sing a gay little spring song. So this song was written by Frank Churchill and Larry Morey, like all of the songs in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some thoughts you have about this song? I'll, I'll let you kind of lead it off, because I, I don't have too many, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so I really like this song. You do? Yeah, I the, Bambi has been like my surprise sleeper hit. I've enjoyed everything we've done in Bambi. Yeah, you gave a six and a seven so far, which for you are pretty high scores. Yeah, I'm a pretty tough grader. Um, but, like, I don't know, this is just like, it's such a happy little song. It is weird, it's sort of in the context of where it falls in the movie, but yeah, if you're yeah. just looking at it separate from that, like, just as its own song, it's delightful. There's so many birds, and they're all in love, or, you know, otherwise, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but there's just birds everywhere being romantic with each other. Well, one thing that I thought was kind of weird about that is how we have all these random birds that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I don't know, to me, it was sort of abrupt just because we go from this emotional moment with the pivotal characters of the movie, and now we see a bunch of birds... That are paired off, and we don't know who they are. We've never seen them before. And the the voice, the, the singing voice of the song is uh, a female, maybe quartet or mm-hmm. chorus, which they sound good, but they're not any characters we know. So it's a little disorienting. But um, yeah, I but mean, there's it's... a lot of love. I, I, you're right. There's a lot of loving. <laughs> I think it's also funny that, like, normally when you have these songs that are play over a situation they're not really like addressed in the narrative of the movie mm. but like friend owl comes out and starts being like stop that singing so like clearly friend owl is hearing this quartet well is he hearing the quartet or is he just hearing the birds not to rain on your parade but the birds I are tweeting could, along with it, it could be the bird yeah. tweeting but i like to think that he like specifically <laughs> is like i don't want to sing a gay little spring song yeah yeah i guess um, there could like, be off camera like, singers yeah 
Yeah. There's this one pair of birds where, like, so basically what's happening in the song is that they're just birds pairing up and, like, being romantic while the song plays. That's the whole thing. That's it. For the first, like, two-thirds. And, like, these two birds, like, snuggle up together, and then one of them puts his wing over both of their faces. And there's, like, five seconds of them just sort of, like, being behind the wing, and then the one bird's head peeks out from behind the wing, and it's like, and then goes back (laughs) behind the wing again. Yeah, we do have a lot of interesting choreography amongst it's the birds. It's delightful. And, like, at one point, there's, like, a bird that just, like, does this little, like, it looks like almost like a tap dance, like, evasive technique as it, like, flirts around the other bird. It's just, it's delightfully choreographed, and I know that that's more the animation than the song itself, but the song really supports it, and I just, I don't know, I think that the actual, like, music in this movie has been some of the strongest we've seen. Like, not so much, like, lyrics or songs, but, like, the orchestrations. Yeah, I agree on the orchestrations. I think that specifically the vocal orchestrations have been very impressive. Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of a taste of that in When I See an Elephant Fly. I really liked uh, that choral arrangement in our last movie, but it's really picked up here in Bambi. Yeah. Love is a Song, Little April Shower, and this. We have chorus singing, which kind of sounds a little dated in some Disney movies, but... I mean, it, it sounds very Snow Whitey. Like, it's very yeah. indicative of this era. Yeah, so it's dated, but I think that there's the arrangements here are very rich and mm. um, it just it feels through. very full. Yes, very full. That's a good way of putting it. Layered. There's harmonies, melodies. Uh, mm-hmm. You can feel it like all around you. I feel like I should be like in an orchestra hall with like a full choir, like singing this with like a full trumpet blast mm-hmm. going on, and then just like one really angry owl. <laughs> Yeah, well, when Friend Owl comes out, you know, he clearly doesn't want to hear all this ruckus. He says, hey, stop that racket. Shoo. Which <laughs> I thought shoo was interesting because that's what you say to animals. So he's it's kind of positioning Friend Owl as the human here in comparison oh, to the Friend Owl definitely hates animals. <laughs> he, picked, he picked a great place to live. You know, he could have lived in a nice barn with some humans, with man. But instead he's like, no, I want to hang out with all these Dumb animals. I mean, like you know people that are always like this, though, that are just like, you're like, why don't you leave? You seem unhappy. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I li- lived here for 10,000 yeah, yeah. millennia, and <laughs> so my you think grandfather Owl- built this planet. <laughs> so you think that Friend Owl is, uh, he likes, he might not admit that he likes being a curmudgeon, but it's, that's his thing. That's all he knows. So he's kind oh, of. Oh, he, he yeah. likes being a curmudgeon. And although. I also kind of think that maybe he was unlucky in love. Yeah, I could see that if he's so anti-loving. He's like, oh, every spring this happens. Uh." Well, at one point, too, he, like, stops his curmudgeonly ways and then, like, sighs and, like, looks at the other birds. And I was just like, oh, friend owl, why aren't you lover owl? (laughs) I haven't seen Bambi 2, but maybe in Bambi 2, friend owl gets a lover. I don't know. I just don't want him to be just friends owl, you know? Yeah. Yeah, friends with owl fits. Owl fits. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, he calls uh, he calls the song a pain in the pin feathers, which is a great that's, saying. That's one thing he says. But yeah, yeah, maybe maybe he truly knows that he, that's what he wants. He just doesn't want to admit it. He's yeah. too cool for school. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, no, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm ornery. I'm an owl. <laughs> yeah. I'm a hornery, I guess. Because uh, he's a horned owl. Oh, he is a horned owl. Is that true? I don't know if he is. I just wanted you to, you know, <laughs> make, make it, a fun pun. It could be true. He could um, be. 
he is voiced by, I believe it's, his name is Will Wright, who was known for doing curmudgeon voices. He didn't do anything else Disney, but he was in a couple episodes of Andy Griffith, of the Andy Griffith show, and he was... That checks out. He was their version of Scrooge in their Christmas episode, so, you know, this guy was, <laughs> uh, this is what he did. Um, so I sort of just mentioned there Bambi 2, and you know, maybe he can find his love there. Yes. We haven't talked about Bambi 2 yet. So Let's I, talk about Bambi 2, because what a wild ride that seems to be. Yeah. So Bambi 2 was released in 2006, which was 64 years after the initial Bambi came out. Sure, uh, as sequels uh, usually happen. According to Wikipedia, this may or may not be true, this film <laughs> is considered, by who, I don't know, to hold the world record for longest period of time between a sequel and its predecessor, previously held by The Wizard of Oz and Return to Oz, which... I don't know how they decided which Wizard of Oz sequels count, because there's a bunch of Wizard of Oz sequels that... Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. So, the point being, this there's a big gap here. Wikipedia says it's the biggest of all. I mean, I, I guess, like, if you're talking mo- purely movies, mm-hmm. like, there's only so much time movies have been around, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, how long was it between the New Testament and the Old Testament? <laughs> but, like, that's books. That's not, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not, not movies. Uh yeah, I mean, what was the first, you know, the first movies were that people care about were the early 1900s, so it would have had to be something like in the 60s. Yeah. Like, they they weren't making Birth of a Nation 2 in 1975, so... Probably uh, for the best. Yeah. Uh, so that's what Bambi 2 is, the sequel. It takes place... It's, it's like, not quite a sequel, though, because it's, like, stuck in the middle of the plot of this movie. Right, it literally right? starts when Bambi's mother dies, so it takes place between that and... Some point in the middle of Bambi. I'm not yeah. sure if if this song is before or after that. But what is interesting about Bambi 2 is that it contains a few of the songs from the initial movie, including Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song. And I tried to find a clip of Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song in Bambi 2. And I could <laughs> only find it on YouTube in Russian. So I wow. watched a approximately 30-second clip of a groundhog singing Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song in Russian... Sure. To Bambi and his friends, including Friend Owl, and Friend Owl goes, he goes like, oh no, but in Russian, and yeah, Friend Owl, okay. still getting bombarded. This is not a sequel. This is fan fiction. I mean, it, it does kind of seem like that, given that it's, uh, you know, totally different people making the movie. I mean, it's different people making the movie. It's a missing scene. Like, I have read plenty of missing scene fan fictions. Yeah. None of them are called sequels. Yes, it could definitely be considered fan fiction. What I will say is that how many fan fictions do you know sold 2.6 million copies in their first week of release? Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) No, that that is accurate, although I can think back to my my MuggleNet fanfiction days. Some of them probably came close to that. But yes, I can't believe it really sold that many copies. Yeah, so that that definitely caught my eye. According to Wikipedia, it sold 2.6 million DVDs in its first week of release in the United States. I mean, I guess in 2006, DVDs were more common. People were buying them. Uh, I was just thinking... still... Yeah, like, there's only 300 million people in in the United States. So that means, like, out of every... One out of every, uh, I don't know, like, a hundred people, essentially. A little more than one out of every, one out of every hundred. That still seems like something. a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot, and For I was thinking... Bambi, think- too. Exactly. And I was thinking, well, how many Blu-rays are sold nowadays? Like, what's the comparison? What are we working with? And 
in two, in 2018, only one film over the course of the whole year has sold more Blu-rays than Bambi 2 sold DVDs in one week in 2006. And that is Star Wars Episode Eight has sold 3 million copies of Blu-rays. Uh, Black Panther is second with 2.57 million. So Did you look up DVD sales as well? Because I, like... I don't have a blue, but I don't have a Blu-ray I, I, player. I still buy DVDs sometimes. Okay. I didn't look up DVDs. You fans at home, you are free to do that <laughs> and find out. I only look at Blu-rays because I don't get DVDs anymore. But uh, are you a Blu-ray snob now? Well, if you have a uh, a PlayStation three PlayStation. or four, uh, they they play those. So. so the point is that a surprising <laughs> amount of people watch Bambi two for some. Strange reason, and, and yet they I've watched... never heard of anyone being one of those people. <laughs> exactly, and they all saw the groundhog who was introduced in that movie sing "Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song." So, and none of them put it on the internet. Yes, exactly. Only the Russians did. Do you think it was like a really so- small, like, but concentrated subset of people? It's like, okay, well, like, nobody we know bought Bambi two, but like everybody in Wichita bought Bambi two. <laughs> There were like four cities of people yeah. in America that they, they just, like, all went crazy it. on Bambi too. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone on uh, the island of Kauai, they were all Bambi <laughs> two people, you know. But, but yes. not, the, like, not the other on the Hawaiian day islands. Of, just, just on Kauai. the day of release, they got like it was like a national or like a holiday for their entire city. Yeah, like everyone shut it down. It's Bambi two. Like you know how they talked about like. Back in the day when, like, I Love Lucy came on, like, the department stores would close early so that everyone could watch I Love Lucy. Yeah. It was like that, but, like, in very concentrated doses. Yeah. And in 2006, so. Yeah. So it's like, okay, guys, the Avril Lavigne concert is canceled. <laughs> we gotta watch Bambi 2. <laughs> Put down your Zune. It's time for Band- Bambi 2. Hey, everyone, I know you're picking up a print magazine. Put it down. It's Bambi 2 time. What sort of things were you doing in 2006, Frodo? What was I doing? I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I probably wore baggier jeans than I do now. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Everyone was like, take off those baggy jeans and put on your Bambi pants. Yeah, get get those jinkos off. It's time for Bambi, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Everyone shut down the local Hot Topic. <laughs> You're just on a roll with these too. 2006 references. I, I don't have any. I don't know. I guess I just wasn't like, I wasn't really absorbing the culture in 2006. I was too busy focused on, again, 1970s Disney movies. That's I, fair. That's I, fair. I, I, mine was like, you know, put that sword back in the stone. It's time for Bambi 2. <laughs> oh, that was, I had just, in 2006, I had just seen my first Broadway musical though, and it was Beauty no. and the Beast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I think my first Broadway musical was Hairspray, probably around that time. Ooh, nice. Zac Efron was in the movie of that. Right, exactly. No, that was a very nerdy birthday. This was my 15th birthday, so 2005, mm-hmm. but like late 2005. And I we went to New York City for the weekend and saw Beauty and the Beast, the musical. And then my parents let us go to the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire premiere and stand outside of it. Nice. And then went to the first ever live podcast recording of MuggleCast. Wow. The, the MuggleNets podcast. And who would have thought that 13 years later, you would have a podcast that is way more popular and famous than whatever. For sure, definitely. Podcast. And I had braces. Let's get let's get back. <laughs> I had braces, too. That's, that's a good oh, point. Oh, no. 
Bambi never had braces. Let's talk more about him. Yeah, let's get back to, to uh, well, Bambi's not in this song. Um, he comes <laughs> into the very true. end. Once Friend Al has made a whole racket about stopping the racket, mm-hmm. uh, he goes, hoo-hoo, and does this weird eyes thing and scares him <laughs> yeah. away. He, he, like, loses his goddamn mind, like, to scare off all the other birds. Yeah, and if you notice, he does a little, like, prep thing. He's, you know, he kind of, like... Like you know, when people clear their throat, like <clears throat> he goes like hoo-hoo. and then he's then he's ready and he goes like hoo-hoo! and his eyes go into like full hypnosis mode. Yeah, it looks like the uh, ka is a ka in Jungle Book. The yeah. snake. Yeah. So he hoo-hoo's, he scares them, and everyone goes away. But then they they start singing again because they're not going to be deterred. Nope. Nor should we. That's the moral. The other moral of this mm. movie. There's a lot of morals in Bambi. One of them is don't be deterred by curmudgeons and do flee men. Yes. That's all I have to say about this song. Do you want to get to the reviewing? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't you just start us off? Yeah. So I don't like the song as much as you. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like it's a weird transition. I do like the vocals of the women. I think it, it's pretty good in terms of how it's arranged and they, mm-hmm. they sound nice and it's layered. But the tune to me is pretty forgettable. It's pleasant, but... Uh, I, I'm I'm certain that I'm going to forget how this song goes by the time we're at episode 33, which is 10 episodes from now. I, I just, I can't imagine uh, it sticking in my head. The sure. lyrics to me are pretty one note, you know, just like, hey, everyone, happy times. So because of all that, unfortunately, I'm going to be giving this a D minus. Oh, uh, shit. A D minus for don't, as in don't. Let's sing a gay little spring song. Let's, That's like let's, one of your lowest songs, lowest scores in a while. Yeah, that is currently ranked nineteenth out of twenty-three. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Is that above or below um, one song? Oh, it's above it, of course. The only thing below <laughs> one song is the clown song. Is <laughs> <laughs> the ra- not even the racist? Yeah. Ones. Why, why don't I recap my my bottom five right now? Just because uh, you know that's where we're at. So yeah. Let's Sing a Gay Little Spring Song is 19th, then 20th is Look Out for Mr. Stork, 21st is Song of the Roustabouts, 22nd is One Song, and 23rd and last is The Clown Song. So that's that's where it stands. This one slots in just behind Bloodle Uddle Um Dum. So what do you think of this song? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I liked it. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's not like catchy, so I'm only I'm gonna give it a six out of ten again. Okay, so that is yeah. equivalent to what you gave. Love is a song. Love is a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which seems off, but like love. I am judging a little bit by animation too, and love is a song didn't have that in this one. I thought the animation was delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's six out of ten. Thumping bunny rabbits, just as a yes. reminder, not me thumping bunny rabbits, but bunny rabbits who thump. Um, and it's just like. It made me happy. I giggled a lot through it. Like, I was watching it, like, before I recorded, just to, like, remind myself of how it went. And Dustin was sort of in here, like, getting ready. I just kept shouting at him, like, look at the birds! Look how cute these birds are! And then he left, because that's what I've driven him to now, just leaving, because of how much I love birds. But it's fine. Um, And, like, I love Friend Owl in it. I think he's a delightful curmudgeon, and I want to know his love story. Yeah. I hope that he can find love one day. Maybe it's in Bambi 2. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's in the upcoming Bambi 3, produced by Wishapata Star Productions. Bambi. Hoo-hoo. Well, I just had a thought. Yes. So the singers of this song are these disembodied female voices. 
Yes. What if, while in Vegas, Bambi's yes. mom recorded the song? Oh, that would be nice, because that would also play into our next song. Well, you know, no spoilers, but, like, what if Bambi's mom was just the disembodied female voices in this movie? I like it. She's always looking out for him until she becomes Cinderella's mother, and then she's and it's on to the next thing as Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> ordains. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that's as good a place to end as any. All right. Well, this has been Frodo the lawyer. Wait. Oh, no. wait, wait, our wait. Stuff. Our stuff. Our, our stuff. Our stuff. Our stuff. Uh, so we are at wishapotastar.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at, we're just called Wishapotastar. Um, yep. You just search that in Facebook. You know how Facebook works. Facebook. We also have a brand new, well, it's new since the last time we recorded, <laughs> uh, Facebook fan group that you can get to through our Facebook page. And our fan group is specifically for you, the fans, to start discussions. You can give critiques on what your favorite Disney songs are. We might, mm -hmm. you know... You can some... critique our performances yeah. just as people so, in the world. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we might be, you know, using that to maybe pull some of our listeners and, and try to get a little more feedback going because... Uh, mm -hmm. We won't, we won't want... utilize that feedback, but we just want to know where your head's yeah. at. Yeah, exactly. We want um, to make sure it is, in fact, in the game. But yeah, if you've been listening through all 23 of our episodes, you know, you obviously know some stuff about Disney. Uh, you know at least you as at least much know as we do. 23 episodes worth. Yeah. You at least know as much as we do because we, we've said everything we know. We, we don't know anything else that we haven't said. Yeah, um, we, we've really hit a rough patch of this podcast. If you can't tell... Uh, we don't cut anything out of this podcast. So, you know, <laughs> like, there, it's not like there's this whole... Uh, on the cutting room floor right, of, like, exactly. Disney trivia. No. None of that. You know everything that we know. So uh, maybe you even know more. Who knows? Uh, you don't. Nope. <laughs> We're the experts, Frodo. You gotta cling to that or else what's the point? Then people will start to realize they can make their own podcasts. And don't, don't do that. Don't. 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 Do hey, that. hey. Hey, I see you. We, my my family has gone bankrupt putting together this podcast. It, it, don't. Don't. Go do that. You're going to lose yeah. all your funds. Frodo's family has gone bankrupt in this <laughs> podcast. I have been much less generous with my own funds, and I think it's made me better as a person. <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitter at Wish About a Star, and I'm at Frodo TL. Mm -hmm. And I'm at Quania, Q U A I N I A C. And this I'm there on Instagram, too, for what that's oh. worth. Francis. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, I don't really use, use it as much. I'm trying to, like, use it more, because that's where, like, I hear the kids are hanging out. Yeah, I've heard that they're done with the Snappy Chats now. Well, that's fine. I hate Snapchat. I never figured out how to use it very well. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't opened Snapchat in, like, two years. Like, I have an account, but I haven't opened it because I'm kind of, like, too afraid of, you know, what I'll see. <laughs> Just what's waiting there for you. Yeah, speaking yeah. of curmudgeons. <laughs> you kids and your... Your Snapchats it, and your grams, me. your instant grams. Your gram crackers and your... Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah. <laughs> instant, anyway. Instant oatmeals? What is... Uh, yeah. Get that apple cinnamon out of here. This is a brand household. Well, this has been your <laughs> curmudgeon friend Frodo. This has been your other curmudgeon Amanda the person. And thank you for listening to Wish a Pot of Star. <laughs> <laughs>